For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. everybody. Welcome to Millennial Sports Talk. I'm Michelle Margot, joined by the best co-host in the world, Ben Verlander. How are you doing? Wow. I'm great. You're also you're the best co-host I've ever had, Michelle. I'm the only co-host you've ever <laughs> had. So that means absolutely nothing. Glass half full or glass half empty? Both are true. But I don't know. But if you don't open up the next show like that, I'll be a little offended. <laughs> That's fair. How was your week? So, okay. Relatively, it was good. My car got T-boned when I was not in it. And what? the lady, yes, I know. I'm just going right into it. Um, Jesus. The lady did not leave a note. Um, but I had a homie, by the way, Grandma Janet, a homie means someone who's loyal and has your back. She's 90 something so i just want to make sure that she understands i i'm grandma janet listens so I, I didn't know i didn't know you don't know you didn't know what a homie was i didn't know what the exact definition was oh no that's not the exact definition i mean we could urban dictionary it probably but that's okay. my definition and that's like the context that i'm using it in okay so Great. this girl megan again homie for sure a friend for life possibly a bridesmaid in my wedding i don't know <laughs> But she came and got me and said, someone just hit your car. It wasn't me, but someone just hit your car. And she said, I, I witnessed it and I took pictures of it. Um, I took pictures of her license plate. She drove away, but I have all this information. Whoa. Love Whoa. you. She is a girl after my own heart. First and foremost, just doing what's right. Um, so turns out the lady was still in the parking lot, but just like way further away. Megan stayed with me while we like tried to file a police report, which by the way, they don't do on private property slash parking lots unless someone's injured. And we ended up getting to the bottom of it and uh, thankfully her insurance paid for it. But Jesus. I have two really messed up doors on the left side of my car. I'm glad you weren't in it. But also, and I'm not an expert here on hitting and running, but if I was... I would not just run to the other side of the parking lot. I think she went to go get her nails done or something because when I approached her, by the way, this was like the scariest moment of my life. Um, that's not true, but it was scary. I had to tap <laughs> on her window and I was like, I was oh like, no. I know. Well, Megan thankfully stayed with me. Yeah. Like, I big. was like alone and I called my boyfriend and, and uh, he had an, a, an apartment viewing appointment. And I was like, someone just hit my car and he goes, do you want me to come? And I was like, yeah. Like, dude, I need him there. No. I was like, yeah, I need you to come. And then like five minutes later, I called him back. I was like, never mind. Um, this girl, Megan's staying with me. He's like, who's Megan? Oh my God. I'm what kidding. a story. Yeah. Shout out to Megan because she saved me like $5,000. Wow. Again, though, I would not have, if I'm that lady and I need to get my nails done, 
I'm going somewhere else to get my nails done. But I'm here, yes. first and foremost, I am not that lady, and nobody should be that lady. If you hit somebody, you I leave. No, yeah. Like who, I, the only thing I could think of was that she was like going to write a note, and I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. But I just kind of tapped on her window, <laughs> and I was like, "Hi, excuse me. Um, I think you hit my car." And she said. Oh, did it leave any damage? I was hoping you'd come out. Did it leave any damage? I was like, no, like the two doors. Yeah, the two doors are completely bent in and scraped up. But no, it's totally fine. Don't Jeez. even worry about it. There's a lot. She was nice. She was nice. There's a lot to digest here. Yeah, I've been digesting I, it and processing it for a week. I don't know if she is very nice. I don't know if I don't know if that was nice or that was like, hmm. So I think I'm going to have to ponder on this situation. Yeah. Let me know by the end of the podcast what you think. I think she was a good person at heart. However, I think that in that moment, she thought she could get away with something during a pandemic. Yeah. And Mm. she couldn't because I'm a journalist and I'm going to get it done. (laughs) And by that, I mean, Megan did, but yeah. So I kind of wanted to get into the uh, go to the week this week early, Michelle, because we do have a good guest coming on Todd Parney Parnell. Um, of the Richmond Flying Squirrels. So I wanted to get into the GOAT of the week this week a little bit earlier than usual. And uh, it is David Price. And for those of you that did not see, David Price very generously offered um, to donate $1,000 to each minor leaguer in the Los Angeles Dodgers organization. David Price is a pitcher, by the way. He was with the Red Sox, he was with the Rays. He's now with the Dodgers. Thank you. Sometimes I just have a problem assuming people know what I'm talking about and they not always do. So thank you. Your grandma Janet's not listening. That's why. Oh, <laughs> grandma, grandma Janet probably does know who David Price is. So yeah, he donated a thousand dollars to every minor leaguer in the organization. And uh, there's, it's hard times obviously in the world right now, obviously in major league baseball, but even more so in minor league baseball, it's kind of a, a war zone out there right now. And that's kind of, what we're going to talk about in this episode. But for now, go moment of the week, David Price donating $1,000 to each player. And I actually saw this yesterday. Um, when he announced, or when he uh, decided to do this, he actually went to the Dodgers and said, please don't say anything to anybody. I don't want this out in the public. I just want to do this for our minor leaguers. Um, and I don't want it to get out. I don't feel a need for it to get out. And one of the minor leaguers that actually got uh, – that got a thousand dollars, said something to somebody, and it ended up getting out and getting in the media. And uh, I'm glad it did. I'm glad it did get out because that's awesome. And he's an awesome person. And what a what a nice gesture uh, to the Dodgers minor leaguers. Yeah, two things I get from this. Number one is the fact that he hasn't actually played in a Dodgers uniform yet. <laughs> yeah. So that's like serious loyalty, and really really awesome for him to do. Um, the second thing is, how do I sign up to be a Dodger minor leaguer so that I can mm-hmm. get $1,000? Because mm-hmm. it could so, pay for a fifth of my T-boned car. Maybe Meg can help you. Megan, don't get her name wrong. You, you've called her Meg like three times. Maybe I just can't pronounce her name, but it's Megan. Wow. She's in, we, we exchange numbers. I, I've been listening to you. I've been taking everything in. I call her what you've been calling her, and then you yell at me. Girls, man. <laughs> Yeah. Can't live with them. Can't live without them. They literally produce our children. So Millennial Sports Talk this week is brought to you by Bet Online. And Ben, tell us what Bet Online does. Yeah. So while we're waiting this out at home, uh, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. 
There's no NBA, no NHL, no MLB yet, but you might think there's nothing to bet on. That is incorrect. There is NASCAR back. Finally, there is MMA. There are some uh, eSports simulators you can bet on. So there is still fun to be had. So go online to betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus. That is MYPOD100 at betonline.ag. So, Michelle, there's a, there's a lot going on in baseball, and we've kind of talked about what's going on in the major leagues and you know the back and forth, and honestly, nobody knows. I don't think the players know. I don't think the owners know. But also, there's a, there's a very, very big problem in the minor leagues. And uh, they don't have a union, so they don't have anybody to fight for them. And it's kind of, it's kind of just like a war zone out right out there right now. Players are getting released left and right, which happens, which does happen. Um, but you know, and and it's totally dependent on the organization. Some are treating their minor leaguers better than others. Some aren't. Some aren't paying them, but keeping them. Some are are paying them. There's a lot going on, you know. Yeah, uh, there's a couple different tiers, I guess. Yeah. Or, or levels. Um, like you said, there's there's minor league players that are getting paid as somewhat normal and still staying within the organization. Then there's other organizations that are making cuts. Then there's other organizations that are kind of in the middle where they're they still have a potential job but um, aren't making the money that they would be making. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in, and anyone who um, knows the farm system of Major League Baseball knows how significant the minor leagues are. Yeah. So, so my thing is, um, and there were even before uh, COVID became a thing, minor league baseball. There were talks about there was talks about shortening the MLB draft, which in turn uh, some minor league teams would get disbanded. So there was already talk of losing some teams and kind of being a minor league overhaul. So I'm real concerned that this is going to kind of expedite that process and kind of make it even more drastic. So I'm also interested to ask uh, Parney that question when he comes on. But honestly, it's just, it's tough to see. And I I saw, um, for example, the A's organization the other day didn't, uh, there were some players, they're not making cuts. However, they're not paying anybody. So that inhibits players from being able to, to get unemployment. It's just, it's, it's just a whole situation and minor leaguers already aren't paid well to begin with. So this is, I, I, and, and I get, this is a, a bad situation for the entire country, but the situation in the minor leagues right now is also really dire. And I really, really feel for the players that are trying to live out their dream and they can't do anything other than sit on their couch right now and are worried sick every single day that they're going to get a phone call that says you're either cut, go figure your life out. You'll never play baseball again. Or, Hey, we can't pay you until maybe April of next year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's like, you know, a, a, a big percentage of America right now. I, and just- that's, <laughs> that's why I, I, I do get, I do get that. But I, I also have a soft spot for the minor course, league players because I, I was in that position and, and it's already, it's already tough. It's already, it's already, yeah. it's already, it's already, it's already below the poverty line. <laughs> You're already making well below minimum wage. So for something like this to happen, especially, you know, people don't realize how many, how many minor leaguers 
have families. So what they're already making is below the poverty line. And for something like this to happen, that's, that's why what David Price is doing is so important and so awesome because, a th- because they need it. You know, and I know yeah. there's a lot of people out there that are struggling and that need it and that are losing their jobs. But, you know, a lot of those people in the real world that are losing their jobs can file for unemployment and make a little bit of money. And, you know, that's a whole nother route. But minor league baseball players are struggling right now. And what he did is awesome. There's also such a disparity between not only the levels but just the play like someone could be a first round draft pick and have a signing bonus to live off of and then there's others who sign as a free agent and for a jersey on their back yeah and and also i mean even just the fact that david price can can pay a thousand dollars to each minor leaguer like think about that that's a lot of money yeah while the organizations themselves can't you know like it's it's a tricky situation, but there, and it's weird to see, it's like the last couple of days you're, you're scrolling through Twitter and it's like, this team has agreed to pay its minor leaguers through what would have been the end of the season. This team is cutting pay to all minor leaguers. It's like, what team is going to do what? Yeah. I mean, you know? and I don't know, I, again, this is one of those situations where we just don't know the numbers, but I, I wonder if that is one of two things. One is those teams obviously have more money. Um, you know, like obviously the Yankees have a little bit more money. Uh, the Royals, the, you know, the Tigers. It's not like I haven't seen I, you know, a lot of the big market teams I've come out and seen say we're not going to do it. I did see the Astros yesterday said they are going to pay their minor leaguers, but it kind of, you know, varies. It's weird. Yeah. Well, the second the second point of that was – and I, I, again, I don't know the numbers, but this is just a, a quick theory. Um, is it because they're trying to, again, cut costs so that they can pay the major leaguers to have a season? Like, is it fair? And I don't know the answer to this. This is just ple- me playing devil's advocate. Is it fair for the minor leaguers to blame some of the major leaguers for wanting to make sure that they get paid what they were supposed to get paid with the agreement in March from the players' union and that's why the minor leaguers are getting the crappy end of the stick. I don't know. And that's just I'm not that's I'm, that's not my opinion. I'm just wondering that it begs the question of if that has to do with it. Yeah, I mean I, I don't I don't obviously have the answer. I do know that what minor leaguers were getting paid during this time is $400 a week and it's a little sad to me that some of these some of the teams aren't stepping up and continuing to pay $400 a week to their minor leaguers. I know it adds up, but it adds up to about, I don't know, a million dollars, you know? So what you're know. saying is it's, it's not enough savings. I just don't know if they're like trying to cut costs wherever they can. No, or, I, I don't I, know. I do, I do get what you're saying, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a drop in the bucket is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. But I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the books. Um, I don't, I don't know the situation. Maybe they are trying to save, save a buck to be able to, to pay their players or, or pay their big league employees. Maybe I didn't even think of that. You know, maybe they're, but but why would those employees be more important that then that's just putting weight on. I agree. Person to person. Like, I agree. Well, we hopefully will get some answers if we, if we can from Todd Parnell and he 
has quite the accolades and quite the resume. He is the VP and COO of the Richmond Flying Squirrels, which is the San Francisco Giants AA affiliate. And he has been named the Eastern League Executive of the Year three different times and most recently this last season. So without further ado, let's welcome in Todd. It's Todd Parnell, better known as Parney. How are you doing? Thank you so much for coming on, man. Good day, everybody. We're looking forward to being with you here. And, uh, you know, you got to wake up every day and be as positive as you can. And that's what we're trying to do. I hear you. And so I, I saw recently, I think it was in April, you walked 500 bases for love, 500 bases of love for, uh, for COVID-19. So tell, how did that go? And more importantly, did you almost die towards the end of those 500 bases? <laughs> Man, everybody must think I'm in a lot worse shape than I really am. <laughs> everybody was worried about that. So I, I was, um, you know, obviously this whole COVID-19 thing to all of us in minor league baseball has been paralyzing. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit deeper during this conversation. Uh, but when our season uh, was was uh, delayed, suspended, whatever, whatever word you want to use for right now, um, I'm a veteran of minor league baseball for, for 31 seasons and opening day for, for not just for me, but for all of us. And Ben, you've experienced it. Uh, opening day is like Christmas morning. Um, it is like the most special day uh, of the year uh, for us in the industry. And I started thinking about, wow, if we're not going to have opening day, which it was apparent that we were not at that point uh, as re- originally scheduled, what can we do as a Richmond Flying Squirrels to still uh, connect to the community? Because not only will we be sad not being there, but uh, our fans will be sad not being there. Our yeah. media members will be sad not being there. So long story short, uh, um, I, we, we decided to do something revolving me doing something weird, which is where a lot of our ideas start. <laughs> and it was, uh, I started doing the math. Uh, at first, I was going to I was going to walk the bases 500 times. Then I figured out, no, I can't do that. So 125 times around the bases equals 500 bases. And you know, we talk a lot about love in our organization, and, and uh, obviously, right now, love's what what we all need. And we uh, raised over forty thousand dollars in three and a half hours to donate awesome. back wow. locally, back locally to COVID-19 fighting organizations. So it turned what could have been well, it was still sad uh, not being there for opening night, but uh, it turned it turned a downer into something that did good for others. And, uh, you know, I, we were still at the ballpark on opening day. We started at 6.35 in the morning. So for the 31st consecutive year, I literally got to watch the sunrise at a minor league baseball That's stadium. Awesome. So, what have you heard? I mean, obviously, um, there's a lot going on in the sports world right now about minor leaguers getting cut. What have you heard um, on your end just about a season and, and things like that? <laughs> well, I'm chuckling because uh, you hear a million things and then you don't hear anything at all. Uh, that that yeah. sounds like a contradiction, right? But um, one of the things that we've really concentrated on, uh, both with the Richmond Flying Squirrels and the Montgomery Biscuits, the other team uh, that our ownership group is involved in, um, we've really tried, y'all, to, to control the controllable. And during, I've never lived through a pandemic, neither have you, uh, neither has anyone. Uh, but what we've come to realize is there's very little that you can control. So we've, we've worked hard not to get caught up in the rumors, not to get caught up in the things that we 
that we cannot control and just try to deal with it day by day doing um, you know doing things like the 500 bases of love staying in constant contact with sponsors and ticket holders and fans uh, Nutsy and I in Richmond have done uh, videos for every single sponsor personalized videos for every single sponsor we've done personalized videos for every single season ticket holder so it's important for us wow, to know that awesome. we love people we care about people and 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 that we're um, that we're here even if we're not playing games and that's what we'll continue to do but michelle to your question about you know the the the, the uncertainty for the players too i mean as ben knows uh, one of the things that that i've been really grateful for in my career is i developed very close relationships with the players and uh you know my phone has been ringing off the hook this week uh, from not the organizations that we work with, because they've been relatively quiet, but other organizations that some of our players have moved on to that have not been relatively quiet. So uh, I, I, I feel for everybody in this situation involved in minor league baseball, whether you're an owner, an executive, a player, a coach, a manager, a trainer, um, you know, no, a part-time employee, like uh, somebody like RMC events, like all those people everybody is affected, affected very negatively. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, so you said the organization has been kind of quiet to this point. Have the Giants, so I've seen over the last couple of days, teams have made a decision kind of one way or the other, whether to pay minor leaguers. Have the Giants come out and said anything yet? They haven't said anything uh, publicly, but uh, I, I, I think that they're going to be one of the teams that, that uh, take care of the guys. Yep. Um, just from conversations I've had, and, and I, I think the Tampa Rays will, will be along the same route. Uh, there are affiliate Ben in, um, in Montgomery with the Montgomery Biscuits. Gotcha. Uh, and then this morning, after we got back from the, the Tanya uh, food extravaganza shopping, um, <laughs> I, was, I was surfing Twitter a little bit, and the comments made by Dayton Moore, the general manager of the Kansas City Royals, were really comforting to me. Uh, were really... You know, he, he talked yesterday locally in Kansas City about how every every level of baseball is important for the good of the game and that his responsibility uh, as the, the, I think he's the president of baseball operations for the Kansas City Royals or, or GM or whatever, but he's the top dog in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And he said his responsibility is to make sure that he leaves the game of baseball that we all love better off than it was when he got there. And that means taking care of everyone, including the minor leaguers. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I woke up kind of anxious, and that just made me feel good that somebody showed that kind of leadership yeah. and that kind of, uh, you know, just caring for people. And, and Ben, you know what, you, you've lived the life. You know what it's like. It's not yeah. easy. And people think – People think it's easy, but it's not. And uh, so I feel good about that. Yeah, and that's kind of – before you came on, that's kind of what Michelle and I were talking about. And, you know, I, I get it's a I get it's tough times for the entire world right now, but I do have a, a soft spot for the minor leaguers. And it's, it's tough. I, it's tough when things are fine. You know, it's a grind. You don't get paid. <laughs> You're right. You don't get paid great. So to have an organization that kind of – takes you under their wing right now and says, we're going to take care of you as best as we can. That means a lot. And to see some organizations that aren't doing that is, is tough for me. And it, it really is tough to, like you say, just scroll through Twitter and see some, some, you know, a bunch of cuts happening, which is part of baseball. But right now it makes it really tough. You know, it's tough to see some teams not taking care of players as, as other teams are. Well, I think we we are seeing that, Ben, during these pandemic times, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are some situations um, 
where that are inevitable. I mean, we've had to make some very difficult, difficult situations within our organizations from the standpoint of, of uh, employees right now that just comes down to, um, you know, to, to, to being able to get to the next day, you know, yeah. and, and, and a little bit over dramatic, but, but that, I'm party. That's what I am. I'm over dramatic. <laughs> but, but, but I think pandemic times really brings out what's important to people. Um, and again, none of us have ever been through pandemic times, but, uh, you know, for me, it's always been about the people and even the, even the people that we've, uh, we, we've had to furlough, frankly, for the time being, um, we make sure that we're contacting them on a, on a every other, every three, every four day basis, just to make sure that they're okay. And they got everything that they need. And, uh, it's still about the people for, for, for me personally, and for us as organization. And I think that, um, it's not like that for everybody. And, and yeah. that's another thing during these times that makes me really, really sad. And, and um, I, I don't know if I should be this direct or not, but I, I, I'm going to be. I, I think part of the problem is uh, at the major league level, um, you know, the people in New York City um, aren't really focused on people. They're focused on on other things. And, I, and that, that makes me sad, too. Yeah. Todd, um, there, there's probably some discrepancies or, or misconceptions um, from people who don't know a ton about the um, farm system of Major League Baseball. For those who don't know, where does most of the revenue come from for a minor league baseball team? The Major League minor league relationship. Uh, minor league teams are owned uh, largely independently by owners. Our owner in Richmond and Montgomery, uh, the ownership group is managed by Lou DiBella, who is a Hall of Fame uh, boxing promoter uh, out of uh, New York. A uh, wonderful person, great guy, um, and he has uh, an ownership group in both places. The money to buy the franchise comes from those guys. Uh, we have a player development contract is what it's traditionally been called uh, with Major League Baseball teams. In our case in Richmond, it's with the San Francisco Giants. And the 160 teams that are currently affiliated with Major League teams are financed by uh, the owners of their teams. Now, in some cases, uh, they are owned by the major league team. Like the Atlanta Braves uh, have always, not always, but mo mostly always have owned their minor league teams. When the Richmond Braves were here in Richmond, they were owned by the Atlanta Braves. There's other teams that have taken that model, but but for the most part, they're independently owned. The financial relationship between the minor league team and the major league team is um, basically made up of the major league team supply the players uh, and the coaches and the, and the staff. And then the minor league team uh, handles putting together the place for them to play, like the diamond, paying for all that stuff. And then there's some what we call uh, shared expenses, reimbursable expenses. Like let's say if Ben was a single-A player and he was getting called up to double-A, there might be some expenses from his travel that we would pay him upon his arrival into, into Richmond that would then get taken back to the major league team. Uh, we share in, in balls and bats expenses, uh, but like the travel, the hotels, all that stuff is taken by the minor leagues. Now, with the recent negotiations between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball, um, undoubtedly there's going to be some changes to to how that's set up, uh, and that all remains to be seen. Um, you know, yeah. once we get through a the pandemic and then b uh, the final negotiations between the agreement that expires at the end of September between minor league baseball and major league baseball. So there's a lot going on right now uh, between, you know, at the minor league level. Yeah. So you actually mentioned, I think you, it's 160 teams that are affiliated with the major league team. Is that correct? 
Correct. So, so I know even before this pandemic, there was a lot of talk about cutting some minor league teams and, you know, there, there was already a lot of that talk going down, shortening the draft, cutting some teams. Do you think this situation happening will kind of accelerate? Yeah. Yeah. Expedite that process. Do you think it'll make it more drastic than what they thought it was going to be? Do you have any idea? Uh, I I think that they're getting exactly what they wanted. Yeah, that's um, yeah. You know, I I think that the um, pandemic uh, has 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 uh, helped. I, I think Mish, you use the word accelerate. I think Michelle. Uh, oh, no, I, I said expedite. Ex- ben said accelerate. <laughs> and I'd like to think that expedite was actually more on brand. <laughs> uh, expedite. Um, probably is the right word. I know that when the pandemic hit and a lot of our minor league teams um, obviously fell into some financial constraints, there was hope from the minor league side that Major League Baseball would just let this this whole thing ride through another year, but that's that's not happening. I mean, they they know what they want and they're they're trying to get it, and uh, you know, I, I think it's probably going to happen. It remains to be seen, but I think that. Uh, by the end of of this summer, obviously we have to have a deal with them so that we can continue uh, on the affiliation process. I know from talking to minor league player development people, um, obviously this is very important to them. And again, Ben, you played, so you you know uh, how how that all, all works. You know, part of uh, part of what is happening now with all the releases that you're seeing. I feel like two things, real quick. And I'm sorry I'm being so long winded. No, no. Number one. Not, not number one, the, 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 in some cases, in some cases, the releases that have happened the last few days all clumped together. Some of those teams were teams that didn't release guys in March like they normally yeah. would at the end of spring training. Yeah. So, so that so got kind of overblown in the media. And then, and then some of it is, is uh, teams getting ready to, to potentially have less teams. Um, I mean, I think it's a pretty well-known fact in the media. When they – when, when Major League Baseball shortened the draft from 40 rounds to five, short season baseball, of which I'm still involved in in a very, very small way uh, with, the, with the state college spikes, uh, have a little tiny slice of that pie mm-hmm. ownership-wise in the New York Penn League on the campus of Penn State University. Playing when there. That draft Be- went- beautiful stadium. Beautiful stadium. Thank you. I helped design that, Ben. See, someday when we can design a ballpark <laughs> in Richmond, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but but I think the, the handwriting was on the wall there. So so I, I, I in that case I think yes it did expedite what was trying to what what they were trying to accomplish. And then secondly, in talking to some people that I work with a lot, uh, it's it's not going to be easy for the major league minor league player development people. Yeah. I mean think about it. Like they're going to have to they're not going to have as many coaches. They're not going to have as many rovers. They're not going to have as many anything and it puts more pressure on the scouts, and I just hope what I'm what I'm sad about, and I'm talking about being sad a lot today. Um, the small towns that, like the New York Penn League, that you know, what what is there to do in Batavia, New York? You know, what what is there <laughs> to do in some of these small places? Those yep. places that is that is their major league team, even if they draw 2,500 fans a game. And what worries me? Talk about what's best for baseball. What worries me is, are fans in Batavia, New York, going to be turned off to Major League Baseball? Now? Yeah. Are they still going to watch it? Or are they not going to watch it? Danville, Danville, Virginia, right down the road from us. 
Minor league baseball has been there for decades and decades. Are they going to still want to watch the Braves games on TV? I, I don't know. I hope so. But I just uh, – I, I think this is more uh, about control um, uh, than anything else. And, 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 yeah. and uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but, but that's just the way that it looks – looks like it to me. And, and, and I also feel like that in the minor leagues, some of our operators, not many, and you probably played in some of these places, Ben, some of them cared more about money than they did about the facility and the yeah. player treatment. And, and I think that those of us, and I'm going to put myself in this category and ourselves in Richmond and Montgomery, we care about the players. We make sure, even at the Diamond, which is not the Taj Mahal, that our players are taken care of. I think that uh, the, the majority of us are paying for the sins of a few. And, yeah. and I think that there's few people throughout the industry that did not place the priority on uh, player, player safety, player comfort, player development that they should have. And, and I think we're paying for that right now. Yeah. What I, what, what I think to, to your point is that this seems to be the only sport that just can't get anything done. And it's all so public and it just is a really bad look for major league baseball, which yep. is already a sport that is so to speak dying, I guess. No, it's not dying. But it's it not, is, I mean, it's not it's dying not, in my opinion. It's but an that, awful look. It is an awful look. I, think. I mean, look at NFL ratings versus MLB ratings, but well, they only play 16. Well, here, here's what I think. And I just said this yesterday on, uh, on the West McElroy show here in Richmond, NASCAR. I wouldn't say that NASCAR necessarily has been on the rise the last 10 years, right? It's been a pretty steep, steady decline. Wouldn't you agree? And, yeah. and they got it right. I mean, there's no fans in the stands, but I know people that have it. I mean, they wouldn't know what a, what a two tire change is from a gas tank, you know, I mean, they wouldn't <laughs> know anything, but, but, but they're watching, they're watching it because there's nothing else on if you don't want to watch the Cornhole National Championships. And <laughs> Which I did I, the other it, day. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, did too. I did too. I mean, you can't gamble on that. If you, but, but, I, but I think that baseball, if they can't get their act together, to your point, Michelle, they're going to miss an unbelievable opportunity during the month of July to pretty much be the only thing going because the NHL is not going to get back. Uh, until later the nba is not going to get back till later when the nfl starts you're right watch out i mean that's that's going to be game over um so i think baseball really needs to do it and, and to ben i think it was your point it's all so public that that nobody really looks good yeah. you know and, and and to couple that with what's going on with the minor league players and you know minor league minor league organizations uh, but I was on the phone till after nine o'clock last night with different teams around the country who are in excruciatingly painful decision-making situations mm. um, because of uh, the combination of the pandemic uh, and, and uh, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with major league baseball, minor league baseball. I mean, we are, we are in, uh, in our industry of minor league baseball, we're in a tsunami like we've never been in before. Um, and again, I'm a positive person. I know that we'll get to the other side. I know that uh, baseball in Richmond, Virginia will be as strong as ever um, whenever it returns, if it's later this summer or, or if it's, if it's uh, in April of next year. I don't, I, I don't have the answers to all that, but I know we'll get through it. But, man, it's scary. I mean, it is really scary. I wake up every day, and I just have to kind of get my thoughts together and 
uh, have hope that that uh, things are going to be good and 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 work hard to see the good in others uh, and know that there's light ahead. Those are some of the things that I kind of recite to myself every day before uh, you know before I get going. So yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see how it all turns out. But it's it's um, I I hope that we all can can hear good news from Major League Baseball and and that they can take advantage of the center stage that they're going to have uh, in the month of July. I, I totally agree. And I got one more question for you before we, uh, before we wrap up. I saw, you know, Pensacola Blue Wahoos are also a minor league team. And they, uh, I saw recently they're putting their stadium up on Airbnb. Um, for 1500 bucks a night, you can have access to the clubhouse, uh, batting cage, all that good stuff. And, I, you know, I've seen some other, you know, similar ideas floated around. Do you guys in, in Richmond have anything planned or, you know, are you thinking about doing anything? Yep. Not, not like that necessarily, but anything like that? Yeah, we've uh, – I, I chuckle because I, I, I'm friends with those guys down there in Pensacola. Do you ever play there in Pensacola? No, I never played at that stadium. It, 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 it's a beautiful ballpark, and it's right on the ocean, like like – home run balls in right field go into the water, right? And it's really beautiful. So it, that Airbnb is a little bit different than being on Arthur Ashe Boulevard. <laughs> um, but but uh, we have had plenty of discussions. I mean, when I talk about, um, you know, being grateful for things that, I, that we can control, uh, we can control our creativity. We can control our ideas. So we haven't announced a whole lot yet. Um, because we're waiting, you know, stage, uh, phase one started in Richmond yesterday, um, but there will be ideas. We probably, I had nine meetings on Thursday and I think four or five meetings yesterday specifically about uh, what, what creative things we can do with or without baseball uh, at and around the diamond that can not only make an impact on the community, but also help, um, you know, help the vibrancy of the organization from a, from a revenue standpoint. And there, yeah. there's some really creative, fun ideas that I think, you know, you have to do, you have to do these ideas almost in phases though. Like, like, you know, phase two is going to be 50 people or less. And then we get to phase three, what's phase three going to look like? So there's yeah. a lot of moving targets, but the, the, the short answer, which I'm never good at is <laughs> yes, we will be doing things that will be fun for cool. people. Thanks so much, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys. And hopefully, uh, Hope you all had a good time. I had a good time, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Of course. Thank you, and we hope that uh, baseball comes back pretty soon. Have fun. Go nuts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for Millennial Sports Talk. Make sure you subscribe and download on your usual podcast distributor. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.